0: Bay. That's right. <laughs> Good morning. You're listening to Down and Dirty. Thanks for tuning in. It's Friday morning. If it's 10 o'clock, where else are you going to be but listening to Down and Dirty? I'm Mario Nunez, your host, alongside my broadcast partner, John Dinkfelder. Good morning, Mario. Good morning to you as well, sir. Make sure your microphone is turned nice and up there, John. There you go. Also, we've got Jason at the helm here. He's going to be doing all of the switching today. He's going to be doing all the sound effects. If that goes horribly wrong... Jason? So much switching. It's all all his fault.
1: It's a a charcuterie board in here. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, it
0: is. And we've got so many guests today that it's going to be a lively show. Listen, we want to solicit for your commentary. We want to get you involved in the show because, as we say each and every week here on Down and Dirty, this is about inclusion. This is about a conversation with the community, and your voice is critical. So let let me give you the contact information right up at the top. You can call us at 813-239-9663. You can email us at DJ at WMNF.org. And if you want to text us, because that's your mode of communication, you can text us at 813-433-0885. Today on Down and Dirty, we're going to be talking about Florida's crazy, over-the-top growth. For those of us that have been here for a hot minute, we know because we feel it. We feel it organically when we're out on our roadways. And and today we're going to be talking about whether, you know, the resources that we have, as precious as they are, water, all of the things, electricity, the power grid, all of the things that we count on each and every day to make our lives comfortable and complete and whole with all of the influx of these people coming to Florida, these people, right? The, The new people, those, them, they, all the pronouns available to us. Will we have enough of those resources for the future? We have three very special guests in studio with us to talk and discuss and debate. Uh, their their unique uh, perspectives are important to this conversation today john who's in studio with us
2: well um you know what we're gonna keep that a little surprise all right all right i like that
0: we have two uh, a little surprise
2: sandwich early in the morning two elected officials and one uh, representative of the building uh, and development community so um you know mario it's interesting we we go in our bathroom every morning we turn on the water we take it for granted uh, but, I do. But I certainly do. But water is a huge a huge issue for all of us. We have enough right now. But for the, for the millions of people who will be coming to Florida in the future, Ouch. are we going to have enough uh, water in the future? So uh, about a month ago, I read in the Tampa Bay Times about a little Pasco town called Zephyr Hills. Some of you know it, I'm sure. Just across the, uh, just across the Hillsborough line to the north. And the article uh, intrigued me and inspired me to invite these guests and talk about development, overdevelopment, water shortages, and the possibility even of building moratoriums. Because what happened up in, in Zephyr Hills is is fascinating, and we have a representative from Zephyr Hills. But let me give you a couple of fun facts. I don't know how fun they are, really, uh, in light of this, these issues, but uh, about growth and water in Tampa Bay. Mario did you know that from just over the last two years, 20 to 2022, Florida had 740,000 additional folks move to the state? That's an, that's an average of 1,000 new residents per day. Now, that's across the whole state. But in regard to the Tampa Bay area, Hillsborough, Pinellas, Pasco, and Hernando, basically our listening audience from 2010 to 2022, we increased 500,000 people over that 12-year span. And they estimate, the folks who do this uh, all over estimate, that by 2050, we'll be looking at doubling our population uh, by to 5 million
0: in the Bay Area. It's just crazy. Please well, I, you know, to be honest, and those of us that have been here long enough, we know because when you throw around numbers like that, that's just overwhelming. Uh, we, di- we didn't have 250,000 people in the Tri-City area, the Tampa-St. Pete-Clearwater area, the whole time that we were in our youth. I know. I mean, I, I remember Tampa,
2: we were always number three, Hillsborough County was always number three license tag. That's right. Pinellas That's right. was number four. And number one was? Uh, Miami-Dade. Just, there you go. Just, those, that, those haven't changed, but the numbers behind them have changed tremendously. Um, I think we have a little song to intro this, uh, this next segment. Don't
1: it seem to that you don't own- you've got till it's gone The paradise put up a parking lot, paradise, put up a parking lot.
0: <laughs> the great Joni Mitchell okay it's a beautiful song and a sad sentiment and appropriate I think for today's conversation well chosen by whoever it was that chose that song <laughs> let me introduce Steve Spinner correct yes that's the way it says right here on my script who served as city manager for Zephyr Hills does anybody call it Z Hills yes i love that Yes, right it's very hip Zee it's him. very cool it's very today it's very it's very young and for for the last 20 years right is that is that correct you've been city manager for the last 20
3: years uh, for 20 years total i retired in 2019 and just and just like michael
0: corleone in the godfather part 3 just when you thought you were out
3: I came they back. pulled
0: you back in. <laughs> right. Nice to have you here with us, Steve.
2: Thank you very much. He couldn't stay away, right, Steve? Right, right. <laughs> he brought he brought some folks with him. We've got uh, Billy Pose, the city manager,
3: and Kevin Weiss. Kevin Weiss, Kevin Weiss our is public the information officer. Public information officer. PIO.
2: They're in the studio. Uh, I think is uh, they're there for backup, uh, right, Steve? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, Steve, listen. Uh, you and I go back a long a long way. Uh, in our service to our communities, um, and I'm very impressed by yours. I think I, I read that you've been living in Zephyr Hills for 40 years and working for Zephyr Hills for most of that, I think, right?
3: Yes, I was the uh, director of development. I got hired by the city of Zephyr Hills in 1987. I worked under the city manager at the time, Nick Nichols, and then in 1996 I was uh, named city manager. Excellent. And I worked through until 2019. I retired then I did a little consulting work. I worked for uh, as an interim town manager in Kansas City in Pinellas County. And then last year I did a stint at the, as interim city manager in Temple Terrace for about eight months.
2: Well, for those of our listeners who've never been to Zephyr Hills or aren't familiar with Zephyr Hills, tell us where it is, how big it is, what it's like.
3: Zephyr Hills is located in the southeast corner of Pasco County, like you said, just across the Hillsborough state line up Highway 301. Uh, it's now the largest county in Pasco, uh, largest city in Pasco County, population of about eighteen thousand. And uh, I think when I started working there, it probably had a population of about seven thousand. So yeah. we've seen a lot of growth there over the years. It's
2: a, a sweet town, sweet little town, mm-hmm. uh, but you're experiencing uh, tr- tremendous uh, growth. Um, so. But, you, but associated with that, you've got water issues. How could you have water issues when every bottle at the grocery store says everyone has water? <laughs> right. Nice, well, very we're nice known job. as
3: a city of pure water. And, um, <laughs> well, what's happened is we just had, you know, we had a lot of development coming in the early 2000s. The recession hit in 2007, 2008. Um, growth slowed down quite a bit. Then um, <clears throat> things have picked up quite a bit in the last couple of years. We've seen new development, new annexations. And uh, the older developments have been renewed and, and are everybody's developing at the same time. And, and we're looking at a, probably about 5,000 new homes over in the next number of years. So what's happened is, uh, in addition to traffic problems and uh, just higher numbers, um, we're seeing that we're bumping up on our water use permit numbers that were permitted by SWIFT MUD to to serve the community
2: how did that alarm get set off i mean uh, you know who did you know that was coming uh did did, uh, billy your city manager our
3: city manager and staff noticed it recognized that with the number of new developments that are on the books things that have been permitted and and looked at that we would be bumping up we're we're permitted to pump 3.3 million gallons a day i think and um, if everything was online right now, we'd be over four. We'd be up to about four point nine million.
0: Steve, you made reference to SWIFT MUD. For those people that might not know exactly what that acronym stands for, what that means, we hear it all the time. SWIFT MUD. Give a little explanation, it's, please. It's uh,
3: the Southwest water, uh, Florida Water Management District. And across the state, there's water management districts that are basically state agencies that control water permitting and usage and environmental aspects of of th- that resource so it's not fast moving
0: mud just to be clear
3: right it's not fast moving wanted mud, it to be clear it. and
0: they're very important in this conversation because they're the ones that adjudicate and make
3: they you know, permit what, the usage right there you go so and you know so we the staff has been looking at this for a while i just got elected uh to city council in april but what prompted a lot of this was i you know running for uh election during the campaign, I was hearing from residents saying, you know, the growth is too fast. You know, the traffic is too much. We've seen apartment buildings go up. And um, and then the, the city itself was doing its uh, update of its comprehensive plan and recognized that there was water issues, um, access to water.
2: So what did, what did you guys do about it?
3: So... Uh, <clears throat> They, we have, the city staff has applied for an increase in our water pumping.
2: Now, but you said 3 million gallons a day, give or take, correct?
3: Right, 3.3 million. So I to think.
2: put that in context, the city of Tampa has a water permit, I think, for about 120 million gallons per day. Um, they, right now, I think they generate, typically, it's about 80 million gallons a day. So uh, just to put it in context. Right, uh, but, right. But, you know, you, if you don't have that water... You're, those taps don't turn on, right, Steve?
3: Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, we're a small player in the in the big picture, but um, we have our own water utility, so we have to be responsible to the people that we're serving. And we also provide service to an area outside the city in, in unincorporated Pasco County. So we're looking at, you know, how we best serve the area. So between the campaign, realizing what staff was discovering when they were doing their comprehensive plan update, um... I brought up at at the council meeting in April that maybe we need to look at a moratorium. And it was not only for water, but it was for the traffic issues. We're looking at density issues, some of the zoning issues. Uh, We haven't raised impact fees in Zephyr Hills for five or six years, seven years. So we thought, you know, if we put the brakes on, then we can look at all these issues, kind of get our ducks in a row, and then go back. And the moratorium does not impact commercial or industrial uses, so we're still dealing, you know, with those types of— It's basically single-family. Single-family and apartments.
0: Or, or Steve, at, at very least pump the brakes. You said hit the brakes, but at least pump the right, brakes. Pump because pump as, yes. as we all know, uh, and the saying goes, I believe uh, it's, it's all fun and games until the rabbit has the gun— or you can't flush your toilet. <laughs> right. Because if you don't have enough water pressure to flush your toilet, that can be a problem. Yes. Right. Yes, it can. Yes. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's definitely a problem. And, you know, what we realize is that we just need to look at the big picture. Pump the brakes is a better way to put it. And, and make sure that we kind of have our – we're ready to, to keep moving on. To be nimble in that instance. Right. In that Keep in mind that there's a number of projects, housing developments, that are in the works already. Anybody who had a permit or had a, comp, a plan approved is still working through. So we had a number of developments that are still going through the process.
2: Now. Is it safe to say that, that this, this I mean, clearly this issue must be happening all over the state. I know you attend Florida League of Cities meetings and things like that. Are other towns doing the moratoriums like you?
3: Not that we know of. Uh, other towns have done moratoriums for other issues. I, I know that New Smyrna Beach last year did a moratorium uh, because they had a lot of flooding after her- one of the hurricanes. And they wanted to look at storm drainage issues and how to accomplish those in certain areas. I don't think it was a citywide moratorium. But um, I think we're the first ones probably that, that look at the water issue and the growth, the idea of the growth issues, kind of a collective growth well, issue. I'm
2: curious about pushback, but we're going to get to that uh, when we introduce our next
0: guest. Mario, uh, who do we have? Our next guest is Ms. Jennifer Motzinger, who until recently served for two decades as the executive director of the Tampa Bay Builders Association. She's now a consultant, and we'd like to welcome Jennifer to our show. Welcome, Jeff.
4: Well, thank you very much and i'm happy to be here. Uh, so I have a question when when we talk about a moratorium that's that's basically uh, saying we can't handle what 's coming at us and it it really uh, speaks to the exacerbation of not being able to handle what 's coming at you and i and I get that, but did you include the building community and any conversations to see if you can put together some um some fixes before you decided to move forward with the moratorium
3: and the moratoriums for how long steve you might have mentioned one year moratorium uh we did deal with a lot of developers and in the planning community uh advise them of what we were doing and reached out to developers But did you
4: ask them for help with solutions and my point to that uh Because I I, I have... Look, I was born and raised in Tampa. I I experienced the growth just the same as everybody else, and I can empathize with the transportation and the water issues, and those are very important. But at the same time, we can't bury our heads in the sand. We do have people coming, and there's no mechanism in place to stop them. You're just going to disperse them to surrounding areas. People will... We'll build houses and apartments for for folks when there is demand. So uh, there's clearly a demand. Everybody wants our sunshine and our water. Uh, so we've got to figure out better ways to plan for that and uh, deal with that. But there are funding mechanisms in place to help municipalities who experience this kind of demand. You can bond. Uh, revenue streams, and and the development community uh, plays a huge role in this, and we have for, uh, well, as far as I've I've been alive and, and been doing this work, but I would encourage you to lean in and have conversations with the development community because they do have solutions, and it might be something that works for you, specifically in Zephyr Hill's. Uh, so that you can get water to the the people that you service, and there's also transportation solutions. Uh, And unfortunately, this is a very cyclical uh, business that developers and builders are in, so they build to demand, and that demand may not be there in five years so uh, you know it
2: 's interesting, Jen, that you mentioned being mm-hmm. cyclical, and I agree completely mm-hmm. we 've all seen it, and I think what happens is, and i 'm not blaming anybody because we all do it when you know when when folks are not coming you know that fast, we all sort of slow down and catch up on other things and everything else mm-hmm. we don 't expect this post pandemic Rush of people that hap, you know, that happened. Nobody nope, should have seen that coming, right? <laughs> and all and all this. Well, we should though, you know, because and it seems to happen about every ten years for different reasons. But um, but anyway, it's it's kind of interesting. Mario, our third guest, is waiting very patiently,
0: and she's very knowledgeable. On I, the I can't see her over the monitor here, but there she is <laughs> waving at me. We all know. So let me just go ahead and say uh, thank you to our third guest for being in studio. I'll say it up front. I got a hug before we went on the air. Um, this is Mariela. Smith, a community activist for decades. In 2018, she was elected to serve uh, four years countywide at large on the Hillsborough County Board of County Commissioners. Today, she is here as a member of the Tampa Bay Chapter of the Sierra Club, and we would like to say, Mariela, welcome.
5: Hello, and thank you for inviting me to be in this um, very fascinating conversation with uh, uh, such great um, people with uh, different perspectives on the issue. Um, when I was on the our Hillsborough County Commission, uh, I also served on Tampa Bay Water, which is our regional water supplier for uh, Pinellas, Hillsborough, and Pasco counties. And <clears throat> one of the first things that I realized, I saw a slide presentation going by that shocked me. I said, wait, 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 go back to that slide that showed... That demand in South Hillsborough County, because we were experiencing such a a great rate of growth in South Hillsborough County, demand was the the line of demand was heading up, up, up and going to run into our water supply in 2024. We were planning to put in some new infrastructure then that would uh, add to the water supply. But then we would run into the, that supply again in 2028. And um, it was very dangerous situation for South Hillsborough County. So, Mariella,
2: um, it's, it's summertime, okay? Every afternoon it's raining. But, you know, people wonder, how can we possibly have a, a, a water issue? You know, so is, is that a seasonal thing?
5: Well, it was a water supply issue for um, for South Hillsborough County. It was a bit seasonal. It's actually a bit rush hour as well because uh, certain times of day everybody's getting ready for work and taking a shower Everybody and making flushes their coffee at the same time. But we had real danger of uh, our water pressure dropping. Our water pressure in South County had gotten down to where some days it was uh, bumping at thirty. Uh, pounds per square inch, and if it got into the low 20s, everybody south of the Alafia River in the whole southern half of Hillsborough County would be on a boil water notice, and the fire hydrants would stop working. And as Mario noted, the toilets would stop flushing as well. That can all be a big problem. But we were having really bad water pressure issues uh, at the same time. I had uh, been a leader on the board for doing exactly what uh, Mr. Spina just did, and that was uh, for putting in place a moratorium on development in Southeast Hillsborough County. And
2: that was one of the reasons, I guess, water.
5: That was one of the reasons it was largely, uh, it was uh, uh, a whole host of infrastructure um, uh, being outstripped by the fast growth and wanting to put a plan in place. But but
2: Mariela, in 1985, the state legislature passed the Growth Management Act, okay? That was supposed to solve all of our growth issues that every county and municipality would in advance of these issues address that and i think jennifer you'd support that as well address these things in advance but i think we've all seen especially those of us who've been around long enough we've all seen that little by little either at the state level or the local level the growth management act has been chiseled down and i and i would assert that a lot of municipalities and counties are ignoring these issues until it's too late and the populations are already there. Well, but Jennifer, give well, us a, give us one on that.
4: And and I appreciate that. Uh, and oftentimes what happens is, even though the funding source may be there, you know, a lot of people don't want to see growth, so it puts the county commissioner or city council in a very delicate position because you see something, an improvement coming, you, your, your road's going to get torn up or it's going to get... Improved upon, Lydia Pinecrest is a good example of that, and uh, people show up, they say they don't want more growth, and guess what? The road doesn't get improved. Ten years later, the road doesn't get improved. Ten years later, guess what? There's 30,000 more people in one neighborhood, and you don't have that improvement in place. So it's, it's a very delicate balance to uh, address the needs of the people that live here today versus the people that live here tomorrow.
0: Mario, I We've, think we have a call. Now. We do have a caller. We want to we want to bring him in. And thank you so much, caller, for uh, participating in today's show. Caller, you're on the air. Tell us your name and where you're calling from.
1: Yes, my name is Mike. I'm from Sarasota.
0: Mike, thank you, like you for calling. Comment. Did you have a question or a comment for one of our audience members or our participants? I, I should ha- say. I,
1: well, I do have a I do have a comment for everybody. Okay. And I would like to comment on the comment from the representative of the Builders Association.
0: Be nice. nice. That's the one thing we ask You can get down and dirty, but just just Uh, do it nicely. I will be
1: nice. I will be very civil. Not a single profane word. Oh, boy. Uh, Okay. What she says is that growth is inevitable because growth is inevitable. She then goes on to say that because growth is inevitable, we can't have a moratorium. All we can do is just keep on building. Now, this is to use a phrase she just used, sticking our heads in the sand, the Florida sand
2: okay uh Jennifer
4: well, what I'm saying and I appreciate the uh the comment, and uh, I will say that Florida is florida we're 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 experiencing a lot of growth. My comment is really pointed at let's Let's be smart about it. Let's find solutions to the problems that we have and move forward. Because we, we do have a lot of uh, positive things that are the result of growth. We have a thriving community, and we're able to do more things for our community. We want to preserve our quality of life and maybe even improve upon it. So let's get after the issues that we have, like water, And transportation and other infrastructure schools. Uh, Those are problems that can be addressed, but it takes people getting into a room and having conversations and not ignore the issue because that does not solve the problem.
0: If you're just joining us now, you're listening to Down and Dirty with Mario Nunez and John Dingfelder on WMNF Community Radio 88.5. If you'd like to join us here uh, and you'd have a comment for any one of our panelists, please call us at 813-239-9663. You can email us. Our emails are open and we're waiting for your emails presently. DJ at Or you can text us 813-433-0885. Thanks for that call. Mike from Sarasota.
2: All right, so just as a recap if you're just tuning in, we have got three distinguished guests with us today. We have former county commissioner Mariella Smith, Smith from Hillsborough County. We have Jennifer Motsinger, who uh, did twenty years. Is uh, the executive director of the Tampa Bay Builders Association.
4: You make it sound like yeah, a prison sentence. no, that's a sentence. sentence. That's a sentence. She did she twenty. Did are 80, you still you serving? Did, yeah. Are you it.
2: still serving time, Jen? She's, uh, she's on probation. Yeah, she's on. Uh, <laughs> she
1: joined a gang. She lifts some weights. I mean, Very you're looking good. great. And Very good.
2: And, and Steve, uh, Steve Spinner, yeah. who did. <laughs> <laughs> who did and is doing? He didn't get enough twenty uh, something years as the city manager for Zephyr Hills, a small town in in uh, Pasco County, and he decided to return as a city councilman. And we appreciate your all three of your service to our community. Um, Steve uh, uh, you, I don't I, I'm not sure if you heard the uh, question or the comment uh, to Jennifer, but uh, the person was a little critical. They said that basically Floridians, so we stick our head in the sand. Um, have you been accused of that in, in your capacity in either of your capacities?
3: Uh no, not really. But I think that there was kind of a consensus in Zephyr Hills that <clears throat> more needed to be done. And I and and you know, I, I think that was, you know, a consensus of the citizens, but also people working for the city. And our issue really was a permitted capacity, not distribution. You know, we the water is there, and well, I was going to ask you that. Where do you guys get your water from? We get our water from the aquifer in, in and we well, have, wells, well, and well through wells. We mm-hmm. have seven or nine wells.
2: But if you pump and, too much, there's environmental mm-hmm. impacts, right, Marielle?
5: Absolutely, and um, that was also an issue of mine with uh, Tampa Bay Water for South Hillsborough County because. The, um, the, the first solution that people reach for is just pump more water uh, because the surface water that you can pump out of rivers and the aquifer is the cheapest water you can get. Uh, Hillsborough County also gets water from and, – and the region, Pasco County, also gets water from desal And reservoirs, but that kind of infrastructure is all very desalination plant, I meant by desal. That is all very expensive water. Pasco County also has a plant that purifies water for pharmaceutical industries, and that's possible as well, but um, very, very expensive water. Um Where but if you if, start
2: pumping especially if you're close to the bay, then you 've got that saltwater intrusion Tell absolutely
5: us about that. there's a that. Mil- there's there's a myriad of uh environmental impacts for if you start pumping. More than, um, more than is available. And Hillsborough County went through that. And John, you'll remember this as well in the water wars of the 80s, um, where we were over pumping in North Hillsborough and, and South Pasco counties. And that was, Devastating impacts to the wetlands and lakes were drawn down to nothing. And the Hillsborough River, in fact, also went through some issues with overpumping.
2: Right. And just a few years ago, um, we had a freeze during uh, the winter, and the strawberry farmers started pumping like crazy to protect their strawberry fields. And they ended up with like a hundred additional sinkholes up toward Plant City. Absolutely. Kind of a localized problem, but really it just goes to show. What, what can happen on the, you know, it's like everybody flushing at the same time. This was everybody, all the farmers, good farmers, good people turning on their wells. Mario,
0: what do you got? We've got a text message that just came in. It says, hello, great subject. Please, please, no toilet to tap ever. Bob of Largo. Bob, thank you for your text. Charlie Miranda has entered yeah, the chat. He, he has. He, has, he so, has.
2: So this gentleman
0: said no toilet to tap. Ever. Ever, 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 ever. And, I, and I'll said. tell you what.
2: Toilet to tap is a, is a huge issue, uh, the, the use of reclaimed water, uh, treating it, uh, which the city of Tampa and maybe some other folks are advocating. Maybe Tampa Bay water, I'm not sure. But, but uh, you know, the bottom line is, is that's a huge
1: subject, and we're going to talk about that another day. Jason. I just wanted to address briefly, if you recall, in the uh, Tampa Bay Times editorial that addressed the issue of Zephyr Hills, I wanted to read this one quote in regards to Toilet to Tap. They, uh, the Times has been incredibly defensive on Toilet to Tap. And listen to this exact quote in regards to what they said. They said, it's a huge waste. This is a huge waste, and local leaders need to get to the politics and messaging right so that further scientific studies can explore more sensible public use for this
0: valuable resource. As in, it's not about the
1: science, it's about the messaging. <laughs>
0: We've got a caller also that wants to weigh in on this. He's been waiting for about three and a half minutes. We're going to bring him in now. Caller, you're on the air. Tell us your name and where you're calling hey. from. Is this me? Yes, it's you. So this is Jerry.
1: I'm in St. Pete. Hi, Jerry. So first of all, I wouldn't really want to acknowledge WNMS for um, addressing this issue. Very complex. Very complex issue. It's not an easy package. I mean, I not for one second think it's an easy package. So getting... Getting to the question and trying to condense it, um, it's really about caring capacity, and it's it's really a global issue beyond the local issue. However, my local question is, a um, why aren't we addressing WMNF and everybody, the, our local institutions on caring capacity, our local planners, and, and bringing those people in on a regular basis, because we're going to need them on a regular basis to address the carrying capacity issues. That's one. And two, just out of curiosity, has anybody over there read Critical Path by Buckminster Fuller or Power Down by Richard Heinberg? Um, I mean, they've spelled this stuff out, but it's not everybody can read that stuff. It's it's complex for me, so I'm assuming it's complex for other people, too. The guy's very complex. He's dead. Fuller, the inventor of the geodesic dome. I mean, it's out there, but You know, thank you again to WNF for addressing the issue. Highly complex. But we have these institutions. We have this information out there. Can you address those two specific questions? Thank you, Jerry. I'll take my my thing off here. Thank you very much. Thank
0: you, Jerry. Thank you so much for your comment. Appreciate that. We'll come back to that in one second. You have another call, Mary? I do. I have I have multiple calls and I have a text message here as well. This is from William WMNF supporter in Lutz, Florida it says urban growth doesn't have to be allowed just because the developers want to make more money. There's something to be said for intelligent controlled growth and that comes from William.
4: From oh, I Lutes. agree with that 100%. Absolutely. Well, and
2: and I, I I did want to get to this in the and I'm going to give you one word to get us there, which is sprawl. Okay? And Steve and Steve Spina, a city councilman from Zephyr Hills, you guys are sort of the classic sprawl area. You you used to be an individual little town doing your own thing, but over the years, when the roads got built and everything else, Effer Hills has pretty much become a bedroom community of, of uh, Tampa and Hillsborough County. I'm sure a lot of your folks commute commu- Wesley Chapel too. Wesley I mean, Chapel. Do you want to talk Matt.
3: about sprawl? The southern tier of Pasco County, unincorporated, is unincorporated right? Pasco right. County is, is huge. Um, to to kind of go back to the one question about smart planning, uh, we've adopted a ordinance that is called Florida Water Star that is submitted through uh, Swift Mud, and that provides uh, different codes for new development. So we can require subdivisions to not use St. Augustine grass, for example. Nice um, to put in different landscaping. Uh, they have another. Class- an ass-
2: let me cut you off there because I thought I've, I was doing some research yesterday. There's a- it says that the city of Tampa estimates the water usage uh, is twice that for a single family home uh, compared to the same family living in a multifamily uh, house. And right. really that relates to irrigation.
3: Irrigation, you know, we're increasing our reclaimed water capacity and extending water lines through the city. Uh, Swift Mud also has a program we're looking at that uh, uh, that provides funding to retrofit existing apartments where you can put in New water, uh, new uh, appliances that are better use of water. So-, so suffice
0: it to say, Steve, we we have we have hit an open nerve. I
3: think that's appropriate to say
0: because the phone lines are <laughs> blowing up. We've got text messages and emails coming in. I'm just going to read one real quick. Callers, we see you there. We're going to get to you. Please don't hang up. Some of you have been holding for upwards of six and a half minutes. It says um, so. This comes to us. Uh, from Bernard Coachman. He says, how about not stripping the land and killing everything and then uh, planting grass that needs poison and fertilizer, as we were talking about here just a moment ago, every three months. Bernie, he says, this is Bernie. I drive a concrete truck and I see it every day and it's heartbreaking. So, you know, and we have problems sometimes with runoff and then we have bloom algae blooms and then things get even more complicated that's for an and, and the sierra club might have something to say about that
2: yeah mariella um i want to hear from you and jen both on this issue and this all relates to sprawl to you know why single family homes that just keep going further and further out polk county is growing tremendously and we need a Really need a Polk County representative here today. Pinellas a little bit less, and they're doing more infill. But Mariella, you know, you and I have been talking about sprawl for twenty something years.
5: And Sierra Club says sprawl costs us all. Uh, and in the South, they say sprawl costs us all, y'all. Y'all, <laughs> <laughs> but it costs us all because the the farther we spread out growth, uh, and the thinner that it, the lower densities uh, spread out farther. That is growth that costs more in terms of infrastructure, not just water, although certainly the pipes to get water and to drain wastewater, but also the roads, the schools, the fire rescue systems. And in South Hillsborough County, where we were really experiencing the same thing, you were going through, uh, Mr. Spina and Zephyr Hills, uh, fire rescue times were getting dangerously uh, long. Um, and and Sheriff, all of that, uh, and not to mention parks and social services, gets more and more expensive for the single-family homes spread out in sprawl. Whereas when you do infill, tight, urban development, transit-oriented de- uh, development, you and fill in your urban area, it's much less expensive. Like the
2: apartments downtown Tampa or downtown St. Petersburg. Right. To me, that's... A big part of the solution, and I want you guys' input on that. But as a city councilman in the city of Tampa, I was always thrilled to see multifamily, high-rise, low, mid-rise, even low-rise, but multifamily, just for these reasons: uh, transportation. Of course, we'll have to talk about another day. But but including the water, the water issues, Jen.
4: Absolutely, and as somebody that uh, lives in an apartment oh, downtown, aren't you urban? Uh, I am, but I was. But again, that that product was not available when I was younger and I'm glad to see it uh, available today and and it was
2: only available if you were willing to live in the YMCA downtown <laughs>
4: that's, that's, <laughs> good point <laughs> but but Waterstar is a great program and you know remember uh, you have to build to the regulations that are surrounding you so elected officials have a great position right now to recognize what works what does not work. And make some changes. So, if you don't want to see sprawl, don't approve low-density subdivisions. That's that's it. Uh, and guess what? It won't happen. It will it, it will happen differently. But uh, but I agree with a, a lot of what Mariella says about you know the the drag on uh, resources. You do need a diversity of housing product, and so it's just a question of how do we get there.
2: But you know, I gotta, I gotta. We all kind of looked wide-eyed when you said, you know, don't improve those <laughs> those low-density uh, sprawl <laughs> communities. I would. We could talk a long time about that, but let me just say to and ask Steve and Mariella, who both sat there in that decision-making role, a lot of times the comprehensive plan, which was adopted you know, 10, 10, 15, 20 years ago allows those you know those low-density projects. They're sort of out there lurking on the books down Lithia Pinecrest Road or or up 301. And then all of a sudden, a developer slash owner comes along and says, wait a second, I've got a comp plan that allows this, Steve. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Spina, city councilman uh, in Zephyr Hills, I've got a comp plan that allows it, You know, you need to allow that rezoning. You need to allow that PD. And if you don't, we're going to sue you. And that happens
3: quite a bit, doesn't it, Mariella? Steve? Yes, yeah. And that's one of the things we're doing with our moratorium. We're we're readdressing some of the items in our land development code. So we're looking at density issues, zoning issues, uh, neighborhoods, lot sizes. Uh, All of that will be part of what we do during this moratorium. So you're
2: going to take this on in the comprehensive plan,
0: which is really where it needs to be addressed. Right. Okay. Mario, what do you got? I've got a text message I want to read to you real quick. And then the three callers that are on hold, the four callers actually, I'm coming to you next. Have your comment succinctly prepared because as we're coming to the last 15 minutes of our show, we want to make sure everybody's recognized. The uh, email, or I should say the text, comes to us by way of uh, Bubba. He signs it. Bubba. Hey, Bubba. Bubba. And he says... What do you all think about the weird lagoons that are being built in Pasco in new ugly developments like Murata? I think this is the worst example of waste and excess in Florida, Bubba. We couldn't agree with you more. I've been more. wondering how they
2: do that. If they chlorinate a whole
0: lake or we something? We couldn't or? agree with you more. I'm going to go to Jack, Ellington, Jack in Ellington. Jack, you're on Van- the air, please. Vanity County, I Yes, think. Jack, you're on the air. Give us your comment, please. Be brief. I... Uh Thank you for holding. By the way, thank
3: Colorado you. County in the early seventies. Yes, sir. And at that time, just if we had a multi-year—I don't know if anybody there recalls—we had a multi-year, very serious drought. And people were moving down and buying lakefront property in their their docks. You know, after they they were outraged because their docks went nowhere. There was no water for their under their docks. I mean, lakes literally shriveled up all over the place. Water restrictions were draconian. But at some point, somebody has to... I mean, we've been fortunate not to have a drought like that, but that doesn't mean it won't come again. And then somebody somewhere needs to introduce the idea of of homeostasis equilibrium, that things in
1: balance, maybe growth isn't a good idea. There's a limit. So,
2: Hey, Jack, thank you so much, because you just let me segue... Into another topic that I want to hit before we lo- run out of time. Excellent commentary, is, Jack. Thank you. Which is climate change. Okay. Uh, sort of the elephant in the, the elephant in the room. Uh, Mariella, Sierra Club representative, lifetime environmentalist, uh, climate change really might impact a lot of these projections in, in just in terms of, you know, X amount of rainfall. You know, well, that X amount that we've always sort of relied on, give or take, five or ten percent might change significantly. Uh, sea level rise could put more pressure on the saltwater intrusion and push that line of saltwater of salt further and further inland. Some of those are big, big changes. And then you've got, if it's, <laughs> it's been hot the last couple of days, so we can all relate to this, but if it gets hotter and hotter and hotter, you've got evaporation. How does that impact our reservoir and our rivers and, our, and, and streams and that sort of thing?
5: All of that is a whole other can of worms of, uh, that will be impacting growth and require some changes in our comprehensive plan as well, uh, for the coastal areas in particular. And I was very strong about not increasing density in the coastal areas, residential density in the coastal areas and submitting more and more people to the um, dangers of flooding. But it's not only along the coast, even upstream on the Alifaya River, we have a lot of flooding whenever we have summer rain events, not just a hurricane. And um, when we really address that in our comprehensive plan, Everybody's insurance stays low because of a rating number that the insurance companies uh, have that uh, that that is based on how well your government is uh, protecting property from the impacts of climate change. It'd but- be
2: nice if Tallahassee actually mandated that with the insurance companies because I sure haven't seen it,
0: um, you know, on my insurance bill. We've got a caller here from St. Pete I'd like to bring on the air. He's been holding for 12 and a half minutes. Daryl, you're with us. Thank you so much for holding. Your comment, please.
6: Yes, I'm in my 70s and, uh, of course, grew up here, and I spent a huge amount of time on the water, under the water, both in Tampa Bay, out in the Gulf. I've also paddled the rivers for decades and the lakes, and I've also been a mountain biker for over 30 years. Can't call it mountains in Florida, but uh, I've watched the massive destruction of a lot of our natural areas here. They paid paradise to put up the parking lot. And uh, the destruction that I've seen, I go, this is all in violation of the Florida state constitution. I don't understand why they. everybody ignores this. Article 2, Section 7 of the state constitution, states, very. it's got subsection. I won't go to that. Natural resources and scenic beauty, it shall be the policy of the state to conserve and protect its natural resources and scenic beauty. Adequate provision shall be made by law for the abatement of air and water pollution and excessive and unnecessary noise and for the conservation and protection of natural resources. And that seems to be being ignored. It's in our state constitution. And I'll give a quick example. In South St. Petersburg, there was a beautiful piece of property, many acres uh, down near the Skyway. And it was full of beautiful oak trees and pine trees. And it could have been made almost into a park. The developer came. Next time I came by, the developer had chopped virtually everything down, denuded it down to sand. And they left a couple of trees. I go This is the kind of thing that just outrages me, that we supposedly have laws that are supposed to prevent that, but so long as they pay their protection fees, uh, they're able to get away with just, you know, they could have developed that differently and preserved a lot of that, and almost made it like a park and still been able to develop it, but that isn't how they did it. They dropped everything down so nothing would be in the way to impede their quick, Development and building,
0: Daryl. So. You, Daryl, you sound like the type of gentleman that we would all like to have a cafe con leche with because you've got some great information that you're sharing with us. <clears throat> I'd like to say that Jack, when he called earlier from Sarasota, he was mentioning the he mentioned the term homeostasis, and and I wanted to read to our listening audience. It's referred to as the tendency toward a relative stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. And that sounds to me like what you're describing as well, and hopefully uh, we can come to a, a reasonable conclusion with this. But listen, in the meantime, stay healthy, keep, uh, keep doing what you're doing, and by all means, keep listening to Down and Dirty. We appreciate your comments. Thank you, sir. Yep. And
2: Daryl, I've got to say that in practicing law in Florida and environmental law, land use law, uh, I've never seen anybody bring up the Florida Constitution, but I think it's a good idea. Mariella.
5: Yes, I think what he, one thing that he brought to mind is um, that so often large developers of large subdivisions, in particular, especially the sprawl variety, would rather ask uh, forgiveness than permission in uh, taking, taking. When down we trees. just yeah. had that in the Keystone area with a, a large developer, Taylor Morrison, taking out uh, a ton of old growth trees that. Uh, you know, we ended up finding them three hundred thousand dollars, but that's just a cost of doing business for them. Same less, with less a lot of environmental of one
2: less than the cost of one house.
5: Right, there's yeah. a lot of a lot of environmental damage gets done that way, and we need to really tighten up and and put more teeth in our laws. Which um, there are ways to do but that. There,
4: but those laws are so uh, contradictory, and I'm not going to talk about the project because I'm, I'm not familiar with it. But I will say that. You know, there has to be a balance, and that balance sometimes is, look, people are not going to stop having children. We're, we're going to have growth. Even if you if you shut the door on the state of Florida and lock it and throw away the key, you're still going to have growth. So we've got to plan for it. We've got to address it. We've got to figure out better mousetraps, but we've got to build those mousetraps.
0: Jennifer, can we come up with a viable solution, something like, okay, you can move to Florida But you can't have any kids. I'm just saying one or the other. (laughs) Move to Florida or you can't have any kids. Where's my sound effect? My guy's, there he is. I've been waiting all day for that. Tongue in cheek, of course. Steve
2: Spina, um, City Councilman of Zephyr Hills. I want to go back to to, um, the issue of uh, climate change. Um, You talked about uh, you and Billy uh, are redoing your comprehensive plan. Are you building in... uh, let's say, a little uh, flexibility in terms of the climate change issues?
3: Uh, not that I'm aware of. and We haven't got that deeply into it yet. Uh, one thing we are looking at is strengthening our tree ordinance mm-hmm. so that we can get around some of the issues that um, that the builders use and, and come in. I've seen a couple of new developments in Zephyr Hills where they just come in, cut down every tree, and then they mitigate them. Right, and mm-hmm. that's just <clears throat> not good enough. And I know uh, the. And city- we've
2: received no no help from Tallahassee on the tree issue in the city of, of mm-hmm. Tampa. They've basically told us that you know they've they've pre-empted gut, they, they've preempted and gutted our local tree ordinance mm-hmm. um, and made it much much easier. Even though we had worked on a good tree ordinance, Jennifer, for many years, then all of a sudden the the state comes in, and preempts everybody, every local government and says, uh, go ahead and cut down what you want. Out in the country, in in your area, Steve, it's it's sort of a different issue.
3: Right. And they've done the same thing with how high you can raise your impact fees. Uh, We we need to raise the impact fees, and they put a limit on, on that. So it'll take you four years to get up to where you need to be.
0: I've got a real quick uh, comment that came in on a text message. It says, did you <clears throat> did you all see the Washington Post article about how wealthy developer Maury Hos- Hosseini, I believe is how you used to pronounce it, is getting a sweetheart deal? He's getting a new interchange built off of I-95 in Volusia County to help his new ugly subdivision. Hosseini has given a lot of expensive gifts to our Governor DeSantis, such as a golf simulator and flights on Hosseini's private jet. So much grift, so much corruption, it really peaked. He, he's really PO'd, it says here. It pisses oh me off, goodness. I guess you can say that. Oh, my
4: goodness. Yeah,
0: that David David Bryant sends that in. And we've got somebody that wants to offer a quick comment as we come to the close of the show on impact fees. I've got to give him credit. He's been on the line for 17 and a half minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring him in now. Jeff, please make your comment about impact fees as it was just brought to bear. Yeah, good timing. This is John
6: Dinkfellers, one of his biggest fans, Jeffrey Natupski. Um, I got hey. a quick perspective so, from a problem-solving uh, perspective, the builders contribute to impact these, and that's nice. But how open are the builders to actually contributing more towards the infrastructure to manage and handle the oh, additional residents yes. coming to a
1: particular area of development? That's all.
6: All
2: right. You teed that one up, Jeff. Thanks for Perfectly. your, nice, your Perfectly. nice words toward me and Jennifer.
4: Yeah. And that's, and that's the rub right there. What it's is be- an
2: impact fee for people who don't know? Thank you. An
4: impact fee is a fee that a builder is charged at a certificate of occupancy for infrastructure improvements. It's supposed to pay for the impact of that home or uh, apartment or whatever it is. But that's a great point that was brought up, and I do want to address it because that is some of the reason why you do have sprawl because developers put in infrastructure and they buy cheaper land so that they can pay for the road and they can pay for the, the school and
2: all they right, can pay for all the but we've only got sinks. about two minutes left. We're going to hear from everybody. Last-minute words, Mariella on impact fees or whatever you wish.
5: Man, I was working to uh, convince our county to raise impact fees 20 years before I became a commissioner, believe it or not, and when I became a commissioner, I worked hard on that because— at the time, but in 2018, we were losing $13,000 per home in the impacts of development, as determined by a study that was, really, in my view, very favorable to developers. So, it's really important to get development paying its fair share. We were able to raise impact fees. We need to do a lot more. But as you, as Mr. Spinner mentioned, the state has. Um, really kind of limited what we can do in that regard. And with the
2: political winds changing on county commissions and city councils, these things sort of come and go. Steve, last words.
3: I just think we're trying, in Zephyr Hills, trying to be responsible stewards and and making sure we're addressing all the issues before they get out of hand. And and that's really all we're trying to do and and look to the future.
2: All right, I appreciate the three of you uh, for all of your public service, your community service.
0: appreciate you being here. Thank you to everyone that uh, called in today, that sent their text messages, that sent their emails. We couldn't read them all, but we, we heard you. We see you out there, and we thank you so much for participating in our show. Uh, Dave from Sarasota, we see you out there on reclaimed water and water usage. We'll have to bring you in next week. Next as, week. As what, do we got? Yeah, next, what a great segue. Thanks for asking. <laughs> Where's that bell? <laughs> thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for asking. <clears throat> next week, Down and Dirty, we'll I have a, you the president. There it is. and Dirty will have the president of the local young Republicans face off versus the president of the young Democrats. We'll bring the boxing gloves and the salve debating on some 200 controversial laws by, passed by the governor and, the, and this Republican legislature. Uh, it's been a fascinating show, everybody. Thank you so much for participating. We couldn't have done it without you. We would have tried, but it wouldn't have been very successful. Thanks to everybody for being here today. Let me say that, uh, Johnny, any closing comments real quick? Um, yeah, I
2: just, uh, you know, this issue has been near and dear to me for 20, 25 years. When I went to city council, um, I raised a lot of these issues. Mariella, you've raised these issues. Steve, Jennifer, in your own way, you've raised these issues. And you've been a very reasonable representative of Tampa Bay Builders. We appreciate that. The, um These issues will not go away. We cannot barricade the doors closed at the Georgia
0: line. Folks are going to come, but we need to do a better job as a community to address these issues. I do agree completely. Let me say in closing, I'll read this one last text message that came in. It says, so I read in today's Tampa Bay Times that USF plans to close its golf course and pave it as a parking lot. Talk about horrendous idea for our environment. Thank you so much for sending that email. And let me say, on behalf of my broadcast partner, John Dinkfelder, our engineer, Jason Marlowe, our phone screener and part-time producer, Lynn Marvin Dinkfelder. Yay, yeah, Lynn. Yay. Lenny, thank you for answering the phones for us, Lynn. I'm Mario Nunez, wishing you salute and happy days. We'll be on the lookout for you next week here on Down and Dirty. Stay tuned now in just a couple of minutes for The Skinny with Ray Roa, Ben Montgomery, and Mitch Perry. Like to say, have a nice weekend, everybody. Salute and happy days. And go race.